Hi, everybody. This is Patty Negri. Welcome to the Witching Hour. I have an amazing guest for you today. Perfect for the season. I have Crystal Pomeroy and her new book, Angels and Goddesses. But before we get to goddesses, where's Patty this week? If you are listening to this in the week with first dropped, happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day. Now, if you have a Valentine, great. If you have chocolate, even better. If you don't have a Valentine, don't make a big deal about it. It's just another day on the calendar, or so it can be. Go be loving with your animals, with your neighbors, with your friends, with your family. But if you do have a little romance in your life, make the most of it. Um, but again, as my dear friend Patty Stanger would say, if you don't, it's just another day on the calendar. But get yourself some chocolate anyway. This is seized chocolate. For those of you who don't lo- know, live in California, you don't know this is the best chocolate in the world. And it's made right here in Southern California. So happy Valentine's Day. Don't give it to your dogs. It's bad for dogs. But if you are listening to this in this first week of Valentine's Day, I hope you saw Love, Sex, Magic with Patty Stanger and I. We talked all about love and magic and rituals and spells. But if you didn't, you could still watch it. It's on YouTube. It's on Facebook Live. It's on Paraflix. So check it out. It's very fun. She's a dear friend. It's like you'll be energized if nothing else between the two of us. We don't shut up, really. So check it out. Love, Sex, Magic, Patty Negri, Patty Stanger. Um, All about love. So if you are wanting to know where Patty is, Patty is here. Patty is here. I just got back from a short trip to the Bay Area. Willow is there making noise up in the corner because that's what she does when we start recording. Um, but if you were listening, besides today being Valentine's Day, so and the chime hits, more than anything else, be your own Valentine. Take a bubble bath. Do something nice for yourself. Love you first, because then everything else gets way easier. Um, So if you are here this week, on tomorrow, I'm not teaching a class. I'm doing a seance, a Zoom seance. These are great. I promise they are just as connected as if we were sitting around my dining room table. It's very inexpensive. It's through University Magicus, through my school. So maybe for this week of love, you want to talk to some of your deceased loved ones. It, I promise. They're not, if you've seen me do it on Ghost Adventures or other TV shows, that's not the kind of seance it is. We only let in good and light and loving spirits that are attached to you. So talk to grandma, talk to mom, talk to the little puppy you lost in seventh grade. That's how it works. Um, so that's Tuesday. I am not teaching Sunday because it's vampire week. We have events starting Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night including I'm conducting two weddings for Father Sebastian. We've got rituals. We've got seances. We've got parties. We've got beautiful, beautiful magic. So I hope you're joining us in Los Angeles for Vampire Week. The big ball is Sunday, but we have stuff every other night. Saturday, no matter where you are, I'm honored to be a speaker at WitchCon. Yep, yep. Uh, Christian Day's beautiful WitchCon. It's like three days of amazing speakers, all all day, all night. Um, The best and the best from all over the world. Lots of different belief systems and cosmologies, all witchy and empowering and fabulous. So check out witchcon.com. And that's kind of it. Plan ahead though. My next out of town trip is going to be 
the Bosworth Hall in the UK. I'm actually, my very first trip to England to the UK um, is called the Festival of the Unexplained. It's a great big paranormal conference. All sorts of cool people are coming, including me. And I'm doing a big gallery in this big haunted place in the UK somewhere. So I cannot wait. So join us. That is the weekend of March 10th. You can still get tickets. And I think it's pretty good getting airfare right now. It's not a bad time to travel. Have your shots, wear your masks, and come join us in Across the Pond. Guess what time it is? You will never guess what time it is. It is time for the Wiggly Wiggly Willow Report. Yep, the one who always yawns whenever I pick her up and double looks everywhere except for in camera. Still waiting on those little acting classes. But what I thought about today, in well, in where I live, it almost feels like springtime. It's getting warm. Now, I'm sorry. I'll use people when there's like 48 feet of snow. It'll come. I promise. It'll get there. But in southern, sunny Southern California, we're having these beautiful days. And all the puppies are out. All the dogs are out. Talk about magic. Candle magic. Sound magic. Puppy magic. It's the finest magic at all. We've talked about it before. It can soothe your soul, can give you love when you don't feel love, can cuddle like nothing else. But they have their own little social thing now. Now I am out. It's literally a puppy parade of people walking by. There's the morning hours. There's the afternoon hours. There's the evening hours. This little one has got the social schedule that I never had at any age. She has a daily 5 p.m. puppy date around the corner up on Ivorine with all her best friends. She literally has her morning boyfriend. She literally has her afternoon boyfriend. She has her weekend boyfriend who visits when he's visiting that side of the family. That's my girl. Um, but remember, take care of these babies. They will bring you such joy. You could be having the worst day walking along, and here comes the puppies. Here comes, and okay, cat people. I'm a cat person too. Cats are magic too, but there's nothing like a dog. A dog's on a funny little leash, a dog running around in circles. We have impromptu play dates on my front lawn all the time. Um, besides your regular puppy date, somebody's walking by, somebody's walking, throw them over the picket fence. And you see pure joy, pure joy, huh, baby? <laughs> and then she sleeps like a baby, which is really good, too. So anyway, she has not destroyed anything in the entire week. No rugs, no beds, no shoes. It's a good week. That's the Willow Report. Go walk your dog. And if it's really cold, put a nice sweater on and go walk your dog. The sun's a coming. That's it for the Willow Report. Okay, for magic this week, we're going to talk about sound. Plain old sound. Music. Music to our ears. Chanting. Vowels. Consonants. Even the regular world, even the muggles, even the mundane, know how magical music is. You go to a concert, you go to your favorite band, how they make you feel. Music can invigorate you. Music can put you to sleep. Music can make you smarter for tests. Music can make you frisky. So remember that in your day-to-day -day life. If you're home from work and you're just tired, remember that music is magic in itself. You don't even need a candle or any herbs. My favorite kind of music, though, is sound, is voice magic, because I talk about this all the time. Our voice is magic. Every word coming out of our little face is magic in itself. The sound 
moves things. I guess just like music does. The breath in our makes is our life force. The moisture in our breath is our free will. So if you're okay, I'm So my favorite magic at all is just the voice magic. Magic is sound. That's why we chant. That's why singing in church is so invigorating. The, what comes out of us is our life force, is our breath, is our moisture, is our free will. So even if you don't have a specific chant or a song, which is why we even rhyme in magic, come up with vowels. Every sound we make actually has an effect on us. Vowels are force. Consonants are the form behind the force. They ignite each other. Um, almost the same thing you're going to hear from a speech therapist. You're going to hear from a magician. So some of the sounds to remember always are the vowels. The vowels will open up this entire crown of illumination. Think about it. Almost every sacred word is a vowel. Amen. Om. Falling in love. Ah. A roller coaster. Ah. Opens up this whole crown. So maybe if you're getting a little too chatty head, like in my 30-second exercises, you just need to do a little E-I-E-I-O with your kid or your dog or some nice, ah, there's nothing more soothing and relaxing and releasing than a great big ah sound. Now, some consonants like L's are dragon sounds. They're dragons of the lands. Oh, think about that. Now, getting into Z's and S's, those are some of the serpent sounds. Those are some of the lightning strikes. You need a little energy. You need a little passion. See how magic that is? Now, again, take it into rhyming, take it into words, make it up yourself, see how it makes you feel, see how it opens up or it clears or it clarifies. You don't have to have something outside your body to create real magic, to change your mood, to improve how you feel, to give you energy, to relax. You got it all right here. Sing, hum, nobody even has to hear you. It doesn't even have to be on key. Turn on the radio if you don't want to sing, but let it come out. Anyway, simple magic, because it's all about sound. That's it. All right, without further ado, I am so thrilled to bring you Angels and Goddesses and the author, Crystal Pomeroy. Today, I have an amazing guest for you. We're going to get to kind of meet her together. Author, teacher, all-around magical girl, I want to introduce you to Crystal Pomeroy, all the way from Mexico City. Hi, Crystal. Hi, Patty. This is so great uh, to be on your program that seems quite um, cutting edge in terms of the kind of information you, you'd like to explore and share. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, I love it because I learn something every week from people like you. Um, so you've been teaching metaphysics, you've been teaching personal development, you radio, television, and you are based in Mexico City, right? Right. Awesome. Yeah, I've been living here so far uh, most of my adult life, and um, it's uh, enriched my knowledge through direct contact with the traditions, the ancient traditions here, because um, we have a lot of resources from other parts of the world, but um, there are also a lot of sort of gaping spaces and lack of information. And in Mexico, the culture was so developed when the Spaniards came that, um, I mean, there was such a large population still with a lot of ancient practices or practices that had roots in really ancient um, It's fascinating because it, it kind of fills up a lot of the, the spaces in um, of vegan lore and I love that. 
That's beautiful. And you have a new book coming out, correct? Angels and Goddesses? Right. Yeah. It's uh, due to be released, to be distributed on uh, February 8th. I'm really, really excited. So, so tell us about it. I love how you're putting them together. I know you, you literally take specific angels and specific goddesses, correct? And you're connecting them. Right. Well, what happened was I had been um, practicing metaphysics actually since childhood. And um, when I began to study the archangels, the seven archangels based on um, a European tradition, because there are different traditions with different numbers of archangels. And, and one of the main ones is the seven that were in uh, from a writer called Pseudo Dionysius um, in Europe. And um, this uh, source is interesting, too, because nobody's quite sure who he was. And so uh, if as one explores the different the seven different archangels that he shares, um, we actually this is what ended up fascinating me most of all in the preparation of the book, which was that they have roots in ancient goddess traditions. And so we're used to thinking of angels as kind of um, churchy. Mm -hmm. And uh, when we discover their roots in traditions that were before religion, it it makes it opens up a whole new uh, area, not just of information, but also of empowerment and connection to some of the spiritual technology in these ancient traditions that aren't necessarily usually taken into account. Because usually uh, when we think about angels, we think of calling, um, we think of visualizing, a but there are a lot of other um, types of ways of connecting with them besides those, which are very good, um, that make the experience uh, broader, more energetic, and even more powerful. So I'm really, really excited about this. As you can tell, I have a hard time shutting up. Yeah, no, I love that. I, I, I like enthusiastic people. I tend to be <laughs> that myself. So, okay. So did you just, were like you got, Scorpio were you like, are you a Scorpio party? I'm, I'm a Libra. Okay. The middle That's of the month, personable and, and yeah. charming. Okay. <laughs> um, so, so did you just, just were you just led to say, okay, here's these angels of this one cosmology system. Here's these basic goddesses. How do they fit together? Or did, did, did it just? I mean, did you do it by attributes? Did you do it by? Yeah. Well, what happened was um, one of the big things that happened for me is that. Um, I had this really incredible mom. She's still incredible. She's on the, a subtle plane now. She's made her transition from the earthly dimension. But um, she introduced me to a lot of things at a very, a very early age. And so that's why I had started with using my mind power, the power of intention, affirmation. She took me to my first metaphysical teacher who was a metaphysical minister in um, San Francisco. She introduced me to pagan lore. She taught me how to do astrological charts when I was 12. And um, she took me to study with Joseph Campbell and other teachers when I was just a child. And um, I think it was partly through Joseph Campbell and also through the pagan lore that I became sort of sensitized to mythology. I mean, just as like, um, how should I say, something that personally attracts me, um, more just like something for, for fun or for interest and uh, more than having that be part of my professional activity, which has been more centered on the power of manifestation, healing, uh, spiritual growth, 
And um, so when I started looking into these archangels and um, more closely and all the details related to them and their symbols, I said, gee, like, for instance, uh, uh, Uriel, who's the angel of um, financial prosperity, uh, these um, symbols of his like uh, uh, precious metals and his color red and his color gold and connection to the earth. This sounds a lot like Bridget and uh, the goddess, the Celtic goddess. And uh, this looks a lot like Lakshmi, the Hindu goddess of wealth. And so um, I started getting more into the studies of these roots and finding these fascinating connections. And um, what uh, I felt and what uh, started opening up in my perception was that um, these different kinds of goddess forces that were taken into account by ancient cultures, we're talking about cultures that had um, a lot of ways of connecting with light beings and of using their inner powers before on a world scale, there was a major flood and there were also there were different tendencies. One of them was a major flood that um, is basically kind of a universally accepted truth now that there was um, a great flood around the planet. And there were also these tribes, these warring tribes that appeared that descended on previously peaceful communities. And um, these these type of situations wiped out a lot of the knowledge that had been there. But we're talking about um, knowledge that was there before there was institutionalized religion. And so along with that knowledge was a recognition of the sacred feminine as uh, one really important um, force. And this wasn't belittling actually to, um, to the sacred masculine. They were both taken into account, but um, the sacred feminine definitely got relegated with the appearance of institutional religions and uh, in general of which these religions are kind of form a part. And I say that with a great deal of respect. I think there's good in all different traditions. And uh, I'm, I'm very much, I prefer spirituality myself than religion, but uh, you know, everybody has their own mix these days and that's great. Um, but it, the difference is that uh, studying the angels instead of becoming making uh, making me feel like I'm somehow uh, obliged to connect with religion, it, it becomes like an empowering experience in terms of my um, personal power, um, empowering women, helping people to empower themselves in direct connection with these invisible forces that are all around us. The goddesses have not gone away, even though. The worship of them has, of course, uh, decreased. Uh, they're still there as our plant spirits or what I call plant angels. They're still there. And um, the angel, all kinds of angels are still there on the invisible plane waiting for us to turn to them. And um, it's it's like an exciting difference that they make in our in our spiritual practice and in awakening our powers when we do. I love that. I, so, so you take these angels and what is, and we're getting into the sacred feminine, obviously, with everything that goes along. So is there, like you mentioned, Bridget and Lakshmi. So is there multiple goddesses fit into one angel? Yeah, I'm sure um, this could uh, be extended to, I mean, I, this, and my book is partly intended, you know, to stimulate uh, people doing their own research. But um, each of the seven archangels has fascinating convergences, like um, Sadkiel, who is the angel of forgiveness, who is connected with these um, 
different goddess forces of transmutation, for instance, in Mexico, in ancient Mexico, um, Tlaxoteotl was worshipped. And she was uh, called the refuse eater. And her bark drawings have, um, in her bark drawings, she has she has characteristics that no other uh, deities have, which are lips and chin that are black because she's been eating refuge and refuse and eating up the earth. And she was actually a goddess of um, uh, transmutation and uh, forgiveness and uh, protector of midwives and also related to healing. And she's related to autumn. And one of the colors of autumn, of course, is purple, which is Sadkiel's colors, the archangel of transmutation of forgiveness that sweeps away what we want to get rid of. And um, so I had this experience with Tlaxo uh, Teotl that kind of um, may serve as an illustration of how when we uh, discover the, the ancient roots, it, it changes and enriches our um, current practice because we're used to thinking of... Um, Angels as like you call on them to do something for you. But but how exactly do they work? Uh, this in in the case of Tlaxoteltel, one day I was um, going through uh, separation from uh, my husband and it was really an awful time. I had this uh, combination of very unpleasant feelings that included uh, grief and guilt and resentment and uh, sort of anxiety and um, I was driving by, I'd left my uh, son off at school and I was driving by uh, this area where some dirt had been overturned and there were these mounds of fresh, uh, freshly turned dirt lying around. They, they were really beautiful, sort of glowing in the afternoon light in uh, copper and uh, brown. I didn't feel beautiful at all. I felt awful. And uh, so I, I felt this, um, I literally felt uh, who I've been reading and researching about, but I never had or expected anything like this that happened for me, um, call out to me from the earth saying, from this earth that was there that I was seeing, uh, saying, um, touch me and uh, I will pull out of you um, all these knots of uh, negativity. And it was like compelling. I, it was, I mean, even right now, my, my I get goosebumps remembering it um, because um, I, I felt like I just like had to stop the car and I had to get out and I had to go over and lay into the dirt and let, um, this, um, magical loving, uh, power pull out of me these, uh, this negativity, which happened really, really quick and really amazed me. Cause I, I've been doing interwork, inner work for, for many years. And so I was used to things, you know, working, but a lot of times they take time. They take a lot of time and, uh, like forgiveness takes a lot of time or, or walking myself through guilt or whatever takes a lot of time, lots of journaling and affirmations and stuff. And, and I love it all. I'm, I'm cause I, I adore transmutation, but this made such a difference and it was also really fascinating because I started understanding how the earth mother works in her facet of transmutation. Like she pulls um, the leaves from uh, autumn trees into her with her gravity and um, also with this uh, power that she has to uh, suck up what's obsolete and turn it into something that will make for new life and new growth. And so it's really, um, you know, these ancient cultures, they considered uh, different manifestations of nature and the cosmos as of carrying uh, an intelligence, a sentient force that 
that we collaborate with. And um, so all of a sudden I understood her black lips and her black chin and this whole idea of her eating refuge, which sounds sort of repulsive to us but nowadays. But it sounds repulsive because we're not used to looking at this side of um, diviner cosmic forces that will get into the dirt with us and they'll uh, help us through situations that sometimes we feel that are so awful that, you know, what angel would possibly want to help me when uh, I'm going through this or experiencing this and, and how would they do it if they did? And so um, that was one of the manifestations that uh, I say as an example of these powers of transmutation that are related to um, feminine sacred forces, uh, in this case of transmutation of like this pulling energy, this magnetic pulling energy that will actually help dislodge uh, negative or difficult feelings and, uh, and vibrations. That's beautiful because I work very elemental and that sounds like, my gosh, going to the earth to elemental sounds like early compost to me. It is. It's really like compost. Yeah. I, that is gorgeous. So so in your book, I, I was reading, you have things like invocations and visualizations and rituals for people to do. So within working with these goddess angels. Yeah. And um, so the rituals are really like if we do them with our attention, uh, mindfully connected, we're opening quantum spaces. And I, I really like um, discovering the links that science makes between our different inner powers and the, what we're manifesting and the energies around us. And so like quantum physics um, has shown, has proved unequivocally that um, we've got um, uh, an influence we're exerting all the time over whatever we observe. And so if we do a ritual or we invoke a deity um, with, or we visualize anything, we're actually opening a, a quantum space that will allow these forces to, to converge in new ways. And I, when is, what's the date of transmission of this program? Because we've got some pretty uh, fascinating um, times opening up right now with um, in bulk uh, about to happen. Um, a couple of weeks, three weeks is my best guess. Rob can chime in on that. Okay. Well, these are dates of renovation. I mean, uh, in bulk is a time of um, renovation and, um, so it's a time in which, uh, from an astronomical viewpoint, we've got the sun climbing in the sky from its point at winter solstice, which is its lowest point in the sky, to its halfway point to the zenith, which is going to be at spring equinox. And then uh, at the beginning of February, we get this um, quarter point between those two. And um, at this time, um, the Celts would make festivities for Bridget, lighting bonfires in their pastures as like a way of connecting with the sunlight. And they had this beautiful metaphor of the goddess who was now um, re-engaging with the sun god, Lug, um, getting her, her feet uh, were awakening uh, were like sunlight um, made substance that were that was awakening the the seeds that were lying in the earth. And this has a fascinating convergence with Mayan teachings, um, which are are also wonderful in in terms of spiritual technology. That the Mayans literally um, believed that the sun at Imbolc is able to touch the uh, 
the kernel of life lying in the seeds, lying dormant in the seeds and awaken it, even though it's not actually touching the seeds, it, it actually penetrates in the ground in a certain way that awakens this, this new life. And they had a metaphor that went with that, um, that is related to the goddess who's given birth at winter solstice to the newborn sun, and then 40 days have gone by, and those 40 days uh, are called the, the quarantine, the 40 days in which the mother who's just given birth is now um, feeling good enough, she's taken good care of herself enough that she can go back to public life and including her uh, relationship, her, her intimacy with her partner and all of her activity and Bridget, who's uh, both a metal worker, a metal smith, and she's also uh, a goddess of agriculture and she's a poetess and she's a healer, has all these different aptitudes like uh, women do nowadays too, um, got, um, um, awakened to her um, new cycle. And so there's this energy of renewal that's uh, very exciting that also fits with um, the sign Aquarius that will be coming up um, and um, is a, because the sun is now an Aquarius, which is a sign of awakening. And so it's about awakening to our new phase, what we want to do. And we can, um, for instance, um, light tea candles, a, a series of tea candles and uh, carry them around our space, putting one in, in uh, each room as we uh, imagine um, angels floating around also doing this carrying, or if you prefer uh, manifestations of the goddess carrying these uh, tea lights and putting them in different places um, as we do this, carrying also their own little flame and calling on the forces of renewal as we do that. And uh, so that's, that's one thing that could be done. Another February type of ritual is to um, put ourselves under a rain of flowers. Um, flowers are absolutely magical and there are flower spirits on the subtle plane. I call them flower angels that, um, are, get involved with our work and, uh, flowers were very close to these, um, goddesses. If, for instance, there's, um, a, a manifestation of, uh, Tara, uh, who's red. And her, she's a goddess of awakening, a goddess of bliss. And one of her specialties is transmuting toxic types of uh, love connection that today we would call codependence or, or obsession. We can't get somebody off of our mind or the way that we're living out our sensuality is not very high vibration. And we still want that joy. We want that connection. We want that passion, but we want it to be on a higher level of expression. And she has these, uh, uh, red lotuses, uh, red Tara has these red lotuses. They're, they're these tiny flowers that um, she shoots from a bow that's actually the predecessor of Cupid's bow and arrow. Instead of arrows, she shoots these um, little lotus flowers. And uh, the archangel Chamuel, known as Chamuel, who's connected with Tara, um, has red rose, uh, uh, red and pink roses as uh, his flowers. And so um, we can like uh, do something really lovely but simple like um, in a relaxed position, call on the goddesses and angels of love and um, ask them to uh, pour a rain of flowers over us and feel these tiny um, red lotuses and uh, 
pink roses um, flowing over us. And as I said in a recent uh, article for Llewellyn, instead of 50 shades of gray, 50 shades of uh, pink and red, and uh, um, feel this rain transmuting our, our love energy as we ask for these uh, deities of happy passion to lift us to a higher and a healthier expression of, um, of our love connections. So that's another like February type of, um, of ritual that's really simple to do. And it doesn't require uh, having uh, physical flowers. I mean, it's great if you can have flowers. I love flowers, but you don't need to go out and pick and cut flowers in order to connect with the floral energy. The, the flowers themselves actually will also respond to being called on and they'll they'll participate in our healing or manifestation of whatever it is that we're that we happen to be focused on it's perfect and perfect for valentine's day isn't that funny so excuse there's a little barking dog in the background i'm going in and out of of mute so um so so in your book when people are learning about and connecting these goddesses and these angels do you give them exercises for certain things that they are looking for like the love and renewal and things like that Oh, yes, of course. And um, what I think is great is that they improve the results of one's of one's inner work, because um, the power within us is is so incredible. And when we work on ourselves, like, say, to heal our self-esteem, um, it is the energy changes so much. I mean, we, we feel so much better. It's so empowering. And, and yet sometimes it can seem, um, the actual work itself can seem like a drudge or we're not sure if we're doing it right or our mind wanders. And, um, so when we call upon these invisible forces to participate, they make a really big difference in the results we have. And um, that's part, that's one of the things I love about angels and, and goddesses. So visualizing them, invoking them, um, using affirmations connected with them. Before I got into um, angels more deeply, which is actually kind of like, um, for me, a fairly recent phase, because I, like I said, I've been doing this uh, mental science uh, for since childhood, basically. Um, this, I had already been, um, doing healing, say, like with um, transmuting beliefs to do healing, which is a big area of my work too. Today, in fact, I'm a fairly accomplished healer. Um, for instance, just uh, a couple of days ago, this woman from another state in Mexico who had, I don't know what this call, this is called in English, but it, it's a, a thing in the intestines where people get these little like bags that are stuck on the side of the intestines. And food goes into them and it starts making infection and it's like it's supposedly incurable. So she'd had this since uh, 2019 and she had um, two doctors say she was going to have to get an operation in her intestine to have a piece of it removed. There was no other solution. I gave her two healings and uh, she went to see another doctor and she took her analysis that had the original um, um, diagnosis and uh, the doctor said okay you know I'm looking at your analysis that's from October but touching your your stomach now you don't have anything I mean you don't have this anymore whatever it was that you had it's gone and uh, completely and this is just one example they flow all the time I have a uh, a weekly empowerment group um, that, and I'm not just saying this as an ad, I'm saying this really because we have this power within. I've treated, I've taught other people also to use their minds 
uh, in this way and, and we can all do it. It's a universal part of our equipment. Besides our physical body, we have this light body and these energy circuits that when we activate them, work to literally transmute physical conditions around us. And so um, I had already been um, working in this direction when I started getting into the angels. And um, so to me, I didn't see the angels as, hey, I want somebody to come in with their little magical wand and fix things. I saw them more as um, collaborators in this work on oneself that um, they they do make a difference in outer conditions. Like for instance, if you write to an angel, if you're having a really uh, challenging situation and you write a letter to an angel and you combine that letter, you write affirmations in the letter, affirmations that you really feel, which is something that I took uh, a while to learn because um, my first formal metaphysical teacher when I was 15 told me, write a hundred uh, positive affirmations a day, write these down. You know, you really need to change your vibration. And uh, she was a medium and she must've seen, she must've seen that I was quite negative. And she said, uh, do this, uh, you know, every day. And so I did this, Patty, I did it for a year and I saw absolutely no change in my feelings and in my circumstances. And so, um, one of the things that I have uh, been learning in this lifetime, which is fascinating because we just keep learning and learning and learning. And uh, there's so much to learn these days and uh, so much wonderful stuff. And um, so one of the things that I that I learn and that I enjoy teaching others is that you got to feel what you're affirming. You, it has to be something you really feel. Otherwise, there's no point in it. So if you don't feel an affirmation, you know, dump it, check it and find another one. Maybe later you'll feel that one, which is, is something has happened to me sometimes. And, uh, but um, so um, I had come to a, a point of um, working with affirmations, then uh, adding the angels in these letters uh, where one makes the request and also uh, writes repeatedly to create like a, um, a pattern that becomes fixed on a subtle plane an affirmation that you can really feel um, will make a huge difference. It's like uh, they, they intervene miraculously when we combine our body with the written word, you know, our nervous system, what we feel, our attention, our mindfulness and our emotions and the request to the angels. It's quite a powerful combination that makes an enormous difference and um, can make for um, major breakthroughs in situations that seem impossible. I agree wholeheartedly, especially about the healing. I love that you are a healer. I wholeheartedly believe in full everything healing. Otherwise, I wouldn't even be here myself. Um, and I like and and all the philosophies you're putting together are, are just they are they're science meets spirituality facts, which is my kind of thing too as well. That's great. Um, Oh, I have so many questions. I can. I'm just gonna have to have you come okay. back. If you don't. Oh, thank you. Wow. Especially when you honor. get the book. But before we do, tell us again where people can find you. Um, if you have sure. any events that you're doing, um, your websites, your social media, and all that. And when again your book will be out. Yeah. Uh, great. Well, by the time I guess people hear this, it probably is out already. My book is called um, Angels and Goddesses. And um, it was uh, carefully prepared by, by me and all, lots of light beings and Llewellyn, 
who uh, put a, puts a lot of work into doing a, a good finished uh, product. And um, that will be out on February 8th. And uh, everything, you can just look for my name, like my website, crystalpomeroy.com. I'm on Facebook, Crystal Pomeroy Author and Healer. Instagram, Crystal Clear Always. I'm always putting stuff up there on my website. Uh, you can find um, an easy way to contact me and uh, we'll get your emails and uh, keep you abreast of what we have going on, of our activities. We have uh, all kinds of different activities. Some, some are dirt cheap and uh, others are a little bit more pricey um, for more lengthy and more personal attention. But um, there's, there's basically uh, something for everyone. And in my book, you will find a lot of ways, if whatever your spiritual practice is, whether you like uh, meditation, uh, positive prayer, affirmations, rituals, and so forth, uh, you'll find ways of enriching them and of um, applying ancient spiritual technology um, to your current um, spiritual practice that will uh, lift your vibration and give you um, much greater results. I, I say that as a personal guarantee because it makes a big difference when we bring the light beings in. Thank you, um, everybody. Thank you so much. It's such a big honor to be on your program, Patty. Yes. This is no, so no. Great. I am so excited. Everybody, angels and goddesses, Crystal Palmer Royal. Once the book comes out, we're going to have her back, but check it out. Everybody needs a little angel and goddess in their life. So thank you again, <laughs> Crystal. Um, thank thank you, you for bringing your magic to the witching hour. Thank you for, for being an angel goddess representative and witch representative. That goes. That's a, that's a topic I touched on in the book too, witches and how they relate to goddesses. Oh, Quite perfect. Yay. We, yay. Yay. I can't wait to read it. I really can't Thank wait you. to read it. Thank <laughs> you. That's very sweet. So great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Chris, check her out, everybody. Angels and Goddesses, Crystal Pomeroy.